Hey guys, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And today we are super excited to be joined by our gym mom, Amy, also known as Gymnastics Fluff on Twitter, to break down all of the excitement from week one of college gymnastics, particularly the Super 16 meet in Vegas, which Amy attended. She talks about meeting Suni Lee, Dana Duckworth singing the national anthem, the announcers messing up people's names. I mean, all the behind the scenes stories that you guys want, we've got them, so don't go anywhere. So we are super excited to be joined today by our gym mom, Amy, who just got back from Vegas. So she's here to recap all of that. Um, her name on Twitter is at Gymnastics Fluff. Make sure you guys go give her a follow. Do we need to tell people why she's our gym mom? I think we like, should. Do we need to tell that story. <laughs> um, Amy, do you want to tell the story? And also, I think you should tell people about you as, as far as like your gymnastics fan life. Like, how did you get interested in gymnastics? Where did your love for the sport come from? Okay, we'll start there and then we'll we'll do a segue into how you became my gym daughters. Yes. So... I grew up doing like dance and theater and recreational gymnastics. I am sadly inflexible. It is the greatest sadness of my life that I wasn't talented as a gymnast, but I've always really loved the sport. So I did my undergraduate at Wake Forest in North Carolina. And then I went to Georgia to do a graduate year. And I've been a Georgia fan my entire life. My parents both went there. My grandparents lived in Athens. My mom grew up there. The number one thing that I wanted to do was help out with the team in some capacity. So I stalked Suzanne Yachlin, um, ran into her in the parking lot outside Stegman Coliseum and said, hi, I'm Amy and I want to work for you. <laughs> and she said, thanks. I don't have any jobs. And I said, that's okay. You don't have to pay me. So she said, come to my office on Friday. And I just started like just doing whatever little things needed to be done. It turned into one of the most fun times of my life. I spent the Oh God, I'm going to date myself if I give the year, but the 1997 season, like basically as Suzanne's shadow, just like carrying her stuff from event to event at meets. And I made scrapbooks for the girls and I traveled with the team and it was super, super fun. Um, I lost Suzanne's locker room key one time and I'm still like, I go cold when I think about that. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> the fear that like took over your body? The fear. Um, cause you don't want to let Suzanne down, but she's, she's really fabulous. She's just really, really real. And it was an incredible experience working for her. And that just made me like the hugest fan. And the sport has really, really grown since then, obviously. And so many more teams have found their groove. And that year, actually, Georgia was supposed to be just the team to take it. There was never any doubt that we were going to win championships and we'd had an amazing season. And then fell three times on beam in the opening rotation. And it turned out to be the first time that UCLA took the title. Oh, was there okay. to see it. so that, you know, we're bummed at the time. It's actually pretty cool. Arizona state finished second, Georgia finished third, which was amazing. Cause they completely just had a huge comeback after that first rotation. But yeah. um, so I moved to Chicago after that stopped like doing anything really within the sport, but kept following it. And then in 2012, I was like, what is this Twitter thing? I think I could get some gym news on there. So I made a, a Twitter account and you guys were one of the first accounts I followed. Cause I was just like searching, like who does gymnastics stuff. And I think you were like 14 at the time. So yeah. So crazy um, Cause we're 27 now. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. It's been yeah. a long time. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, 10 plus years ago, I started following you guys on Twitter and then we ran into each other. I think we were in the M den after a meet. Yep. I remember. Are you the triple twist twins? I really, I don't remember like, we must've seen each other like here and there in between, but then we went to the, the championship like welcome home yeah, event. So Michigan won and Michigan won the title in 2021. 20, okay. like, that that day is like ingrained in my mind. Please don't forget the day. <laughs> but it's funny because 2021, like I forget how much we were still in COVID, but we were yeah. all like wearing masks outside. Mm-hmm. Right, like the the team all had masks on and all the photos. Well, that's actually how the the conversation started with this photographer dude who came over and he was talking about how I think he went to he was in Vegas and he yeah. was talking about how great yes, it was because they didn't have to wear masks and it was so great and like everyone could just do what they wanted and blah blah blah. Yeah. While he has his mask down around his chin. Right. Well, we're like back up, dude. And this I want to say was one of the first things that we had done like in a group setting since COVID got like really serious. Like it was one of our first times like back out well, yeah, in like the world. That's, that season, they weren't even allowing fans to be in the stands. We watched everything from home. So like, that was the first time you could actually like go somewhere and there's a group of people and they wanted you to be masked, especially like around the athletes and stuff. But Absolutely. this photographer guy obviously <laughs> is anti-mask. <laughs> and anyway, so what happened with that was he took a picture. I ended up not being in it because I think I was going to get like a pom-pom thing. And by the time I ran back, he'd already taken the photo. Yeah, the photo was me, you, and then Melly. And then he got some shots yeah. of Melly, I think. Melly is my dog for anyone who doesn't know that. Yes. Um, he somehow found me on Instagram and started messaging me. And so we were kind of like going back and forth. And then he was like, oh, I have some pictures of you and your mom (laughs) and your dog. And I thought about it for a second. And I was like, you know, I could be like, oh, that's not my mom. That's just my friend. But then I'm like, no, I want the photos. I want the photos of us. I want the photos of Melly to give to you. Yeah, I really want to document this moment that I have with my mom. Like, please. (laughs) Is that what you said? I was like, yeah, me and my mom would love to see the photo. So I just went along. (laughs) Well, to this day, he probably thinks you're my mom. I'm so fine with that. And I'm fine with everybody thinking that I'm your mom. (laughs) Your mom might not agree. Yes, you're definitely our gym mom. And like, it's so funny because even in like our, I say our real life, as if this isn't real life, but like when we're talking to like our actual mom, we'll say, oh, our gym mom, Amy, is coming over. (laughs) That makes me happy. And you know, Instagram desperately wants me to be friends with kitty bueller yes yeah Yeah. it's about time i think if you're gonna like part of the family i think it's time yeah i think it's time for me to be invited to a family get together (laughs) so yeah that's kind of the story of how we met and then how you became our gym mom we are in the will yes as of right now now you pop in and out yeah yes i was sending you um the rotation schedule for all of the subdivisions so i think we're we're on good Term. We're pretty solid right now. Yeah. We're pretty solidly in Hopefully the way as we stand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Amy, like we said, she was in Vegas for the, were they calling it Super 16? Super, Super 16. Okay. Super 16. And we're going to talk all about it. So I don't know where we want to start. Amy, if you have any like opening thoughts, anything that like really, really stood out to you? We flew in Friday morning. We dropped our bags off. Um, We went straight to session one to watch warmups. And I, I mean, I think all of us were just really curious about whether this was going to be 
a well-run meet or what? Because it was really like delayed getting information, right? Like we knew, we had heard from Bev that it was going to happen. Yep. And we didn't get the TV schedule, I don't think, until literally the day before. Like it was so last minute. Which That's was, crazy. I think there was things in place though, because really for like a week, week and a half leading up, we did know that it was going to be televised, but, but it wasn't public. public. Yeah. So I'm like, why? Like what's going on? Are they going to like change this last minute? Yeah. And up being fine and we got it figured out like the day before but again super chaotic and not very well organized yeah so I mean honestly no surprise that session one was pretty empty because it was a Friday afternoon so you know the the little club kids in town or in school people are working uh, and there were no real headliners and if you're not like really invested in the gymnastics community I don't think you know that Fisk is a big deal right mm -hmm. But we were super excited. So the the stands were were empty except for like pockets of people there for the team, which was mostly parents. Fisk by far had the biggest contention, not only in that session, but maybe other than Oklahoma, who always travels really well for all four sessions. Really? They were there were parents, there were aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and sisters, and like they were so so psyched as they should have been like they were they were there to see it happen they were loud they were super proud it was really really fun and that made the atmosphere of that session just really dynamic and we were sitting right in front of that crowd too which really really helped oh wow yeah I'm surprised to hear that they had that big of a section like a I'm not section. surprised honestly because it's probably you think about how many gymnasts are on that team. They probably have like every family member that could come to that meet. Probably. Yes. Can. Yeah. Because it's such a big deal. It's obviously the first ever HBCU gymnastics program, their first meet ever. They probably brought in like everyone they could think of that they could bring. Um, they did. And it, it wasn't cool. necessarily like a huge crowd. Like it wasn't like a nationals level section by any means, but they, they represented, they were there and they were excited and it was really, really fun. They had their pom-poms and they all had their this gear on and yeah, they were excited. We chatted, my husband and I chatted with, I don't remember whose parents afterwards. Um, I wish I did, but you know, we were telling them all congratulations and they were just so proud and they lived in, they live in Florida. So, you know, they have to travel just to see home meets and a lot of parents have to do that. Right. Yeah. But like the, the mom was going to be able to come to Ann Arbor, but the dad couldn't get off work, like, but they, they're just so proud and excited. And honestly, for, for Fisk, like it wasn't, it wasn't about the scores. It wasn't about the routines. It was about what what it represented for all of them, and just the start to something really amazing and historic. And then you know, Morgan goes out and gets nine nine on vault. No big deal. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, she got a nine nine on vault, which is huge. I was expecting her to do the one and a half because that's what we've seen her doing most of the preseason, um, and that's what she did as. A level, a level 10 so but either way she has a really nice fold that's capable of getting a big score as we saw so and that's the first obviously because it's the first meet that's the first event winner ever like first title winner for fisk and to do that in your first meet it's you your first meet it's so cool she won vault that's incredible yeah. and honestly yeah. she didn't have the best meet like she she fell on floor she fell on beam i think a couple of times but i'm telling you once she hits it's over a few bitches like <laughs> totally <laughs> she's totally. so good that's why she's on like 
a bunch of our fantasy teams. I think yeah. people were a little bit unsure with yeah. the new program and everything. That I drafted her. But yeah. I think that she's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And she said that her goal is to make it to NCAAs. So we'll see. I know they're in the process of trying to get... So they're NAIA, but they're trying to get NCAA certified. I don't know if that's how you word it, but I didn't think that was going to happen in time after the season is over. But then Morgan said that, and so now we're kind of like... Maybe there's something we don't know. Well, so. they were in the process of doing that. I just, I don't know how long that takes. So I guess we'll see. That'd be a good thing to get an update on and see like where they are in that yeah, process. For sure. I don't really know what that means exactly. Is NAIA, is that? It's a different governing body. Yeah. But does that give them like D2 or D3 status instead of D1 or are they just not? They have division one, two, three. It's like a completely separate thing. From it's it's completely separate. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So they're like division two NAIA, I think, but they're trying to become NCAA, like not just the gymnastics team, like the whole school yeah. is trying to become NCAA. So if they don't do that by this season, she wouldn't be able to compete at NCAAs, but she would be able to go to the USAG nationals. Yeah. So unless that was what she meant when she said nationals. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Because they should be able to go somewhere at the end of the season if they can qualify. But exciting that even if not for this season, down the Oh, line. absolutely. This is just the beginning. Another highlight was Naima Muhammad. She's actually the one that started off on floor. So she was technically the very first performer for Fisk. I mean, she had a really good routine. She had a really fun choreography. Really engaging. I got um, chills watching her. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when she was done, like everyone was in tears. She was crying. Yeah. Honestly, the whole team was in tears. It was just such a cool moment to see that. For sure. And she's also making history because she's the first collegiate gymnast to wear tights or yes. leggings. Yeah. Under her leotard. She does that for religious reasons, but. And she's obviously, she's transferred three times, I think, now. So she was at Brockport before this. I forgot where she was before Brockport. So she had competed NCAA before and wore the leggings. But um, still just wanted to mention that because that's another really cool thing that she's really known for. Yeah. What is cool when she got airtime on TV. They showed her on TV. So, yeah, um, that's a really big moment there. And to give her recognition for that in a really public stage, um, I thought was yeah. really special. Yeah, I hope more people will do that for whatever reason, like if that's what they choose to do. Yeah, it's now they know that they have an option. Like there's probably right. some girls sure. out there that are Muslim or, you know, whatever. And for, or even if they just don't want to, I mean, it's kind of it reminds me of Germany and how they wear the bodysuits, you know. It's nice for gymnasts to have that option if that's what they're comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of like setting the standard for that. So that's that's really cool to see. Um, anything else on Fisk? Um, we should probably read the results real quickly. Southern Utah won. They had a 195A. Washington was second, 195-475. North Carolina was third, 194-620. And then Fisk was fourth with a 186.7. But again, like we mentioned, I don't really think at this point, I don't think they really cared about the scores, especially at this first meet. Right. It was just about going out there and making history and getting their feet on the ground and I think they did a really good job of that I'm sure there were nerves we saw that I think a little bit throughout the competition especially on being they had a lot of mistakes but I think as the season goes on they're going to continue to build momentum and just get better and better so um we probably should mention that right before the meet like a couple hours before actually former podcast guest Leah Davis also now former Fisk gymnast announced that she had left the team so she put out a statement on Instagram I can go ahead and pull that up and read it 
she said, it is with a heavy heart that I announced that I am no longer a member of the Bulldog gymnastics team and my withdrawal from Fisk University. I had high expectations of myself and hopes of making a significant impact in the world of gymnastics as a member of the first intercollegiate gymnastics team at any historically Black college or university. The irresponsible actions of the administration in not addressing my documented issues of bullying and hazing has forced me to make my safety and mental health a priority. I wish the team much success in Las Vegas, and I look forward to competing again very soon. So, of course, we wish her all the best, and we hope that we're able to see her on the collegiate stage soon. I'm not sure with transferring and how that... I don't believe we'll be able to see her this season, but definitely next season, hope to see her back out there. And, of course, proud of her for speaking out. And also disappointed to hear that there's already some internal problems going on within the program with um, allegations of bullying and hazing. It's unfortunate because you want to be, and I am excited for this program, but it's been a little bit tainted now by this news. So I'm trying my best to root for the gymnasts on the team. And, you know, I'm hoping that the administration is going to sort out whatever's going on there. I Honestly, I think from the get-go when Kareen Tarver came in and she was now announced as head coach, and then shortly after that, she became the athletic director, I think we all kind of knew that was a recipe for disaster because there's no oversight. Mm-hmm. When gymnasts have a problem on the team, if they go to the coach and the coach doesn't handle it properly, who, who do they go to that? Who's above her, you know? Exactly. So her being in both those positions is, I think, a problem, and that's something that they need to address. So I'm hoping that... You know, even this season, I think it's never too late to do it. I think they need to figure that situation out, have somebody else in the athletic director position. They did have someone in that position before she was head coach, because I actually interviewed the athletic director right when it was announced that this was starting a gymnastics program. Yeah. And there was a guy in the position. And then shortly after she became head coach and then he disappeared. Well, it was weird because when we had Kareen on our podcast, she was not the athletic director at that point. And Ashley had said something about how she talked to the athletic director. And I feel like Kareen got kind of awkward. She kind of made a face. And now it makes sense. Because I think at that point, it wasn't public yet, but she had taken over. Or she was in the process of taking over. So- and it just wasn't public yet. So we didn't even get to like ask her about that because yeah. it wasn't public. But now that that's, you know, it's come out that she's in both those roles. Season has started already hearing some rumblings of some issues within the program. I agree with you. I think it's a concern with not having any oversight. If somebody does have a concern, you know, who do they go to if she's not actually taking it seriously? So that's something that I hope that will be addressed. We'll get some answers on. I know Ashley did reach out on behalf of Inside Gymnastics for comment and has heard back. Yeah. As of right now has not received anything. So we just wanted to acknowledge that on the podcast, we support Leah and we um, are disappointed that this is already happening. And of course, wishing her all the best and finding a home that um, is going to be a better fit for her. Honestly, this was sort of like this, this other than Fisk, actually, I guess, including Fisk, because they're all freshmen. This session was kind of a, a freshman story to me. It's like Trista Goodman at SUU. Yep. Really stood out. Um, Lily Tubbs didn't get the score I thought she deserved, but I loved her bars. How did she look? Because I have her on a good. Okay. Scores were real. I I felt like scores were really low. They were probably fair, right? But we're not used to seeing fair scores. So it felt it felt low. I felt like until maybe the last session, I felt like all the scores were kind of low, but honestly, they were probably just accurate. Exactly. We're not, we're not used to that in college gymnastics. I'm like, someone hits her right. teeth, where's the 9-9? Well, and I mean, how much do we bitch about this? But you can't have accurate judging 
for some schools and Carol judging for other schools because then it's not fair across the board. It has right. to be fair across the board. Yep. It, Either Carol everybody or give everybody accuracy. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear about Lily Tubbs though, because they so on TV they showed a couple UNC routines. They showed they showed a couple Washington. Quite a bit of Fisk, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was the other team again? They didn't really show. Did you say North Carolina? Southern Utah. Oh, Southern, oh, Utah. Southern, Utah. Southern Utah. Yeah. Yeah. We, did, we didn't even see Kaya Forbes. Our girl Kaya Forbes, we didn't see on the uh-huh. broadcast. How did she look? I, I videoed her ball. I sent that to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And or then I posted it, maybe. Yeah, you didn't send it to us. I think it was on Twitter. And then she did floor as well. How did her floor look? Honestly, I. Quad meets, quad meets, and my ADD are like a powder keg because I'm constantly trying to watch everything, which means I end up watching nothing. Yeah, it's, it's a so lot. frustrating. It's a lot. In some ways, I wish I was in the arena because you can pick what you want to watch, but then you try to you end up trying to watch everything, and then you miss. And I didn't know who was who because they yeah. didn't have any sort of lineups given to us. They didn't have any announcement whatsoever about who was going. They didn't. Have, the did they have an arena announcer? They did, but only like the, um, wait, when was, when was Cal? Yeah. So in session three, we'll talk about this. Did you see, I posted, he, the announcer clearly didn't read anything ahead of time or ask any questions about how to pronounce people's names. So of course. he goes in second on vault, Nevada sofa. Ah! <laughs> no, he gave her a drag name. That's so bad. So he definitely so bad. He definitely would not say Kareen Tarver. He would say Corinne Tarver for sure. All day long. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weak. It got that's one of the things that got better session to session. Like they kind of found their groove. I don't know if you saw the picture of the scoreboard, but it was literally like a projector screen. Yeah, it was by the beam, right? Um, yeah, like actually at the end of vault, really. Okay. So, you know, here's vault, here's beam. It's sort of in the corner in between. I was hoping was, that that wasn't the score, the actual scoreboard, but you're telling me that's. I will send you a picture of it right now. It was trash. It was so hard to read. So bad. It was awful. But at least by session four, they were putting up scores just briefly, but after they happened, mm-hmm. so you could see somebody just went whatever score. Yeah. Session one, it was so haphazard. Like they might put up a score, they might not. So we had very little idea what was actually going on. Love that. Yeah. Love that. But it did get better as it went on. Like by session four, did they have it like mostly, did they have most of the shit together? I think that everybody was conscious of the fact that session four was the session. Mm -hmm. Like everything else was sort of just like a pre-show basically, Mm -hmm. because in session four, suddenly Dee Dee and Jess were all dressed up, Right. (laughs) <laughs> in every other session, they were just like, "Yeah, we just put on our athletic wear. The announcer was definitely more primed for session four. Like, I think they, one, they had just had some practice by that point. And also, I think they had just all been told, like, this is the session that sold tickets. This is the session with the headliners. Three practice rounds and then a meet. <laughs> it's kind of how it yeah. felt. Gear up for the real important one, even though it's all, exactly. it all should be important. Yeah, I mean, it was all on the same TV network. I mean, granted, like the, the times might play into, you know, when more people are tuning in, but I mean, you think they would have been prepared for all of it. But yeah, I think that apparently they have a contract, Ozone, and they're going to do the Super 16 for the next three years. Yeah, I heard that. So hopefully- it I gets just saw better. it on Twitter. Yeah. I will absolutely go back. I mean, you know, however the 
the meet itself was run. The gymnastics was amazing and it was really fun to be there. Okay, so moving on to session two, we had Oregon State, Stanford, Georgia, and Rutgers. Um, I'll give the scores real quick. So Stanford won with a 196-175. Georgia was second, 195.950. Oregon State was third, 195-440. And then Rutgers was fourth with a 194.7. My highlight was Georgia having no bean balls. Yeah, Georgia looked good. First meet of the season, especially how they've looked the last couple of years. Um, I feel like this is going to be a new team for Georgia because honestly, it, it is a, it new, is a team. new team for Georgia. <laughs> yeah, like literally. Yeah. Like so many new faces on that team. It was so nice to see Josie Anthony. It was her birthday, and that was her first meet as a Georgia gym dog. So how fitting. <laughs> she was so happy. She just has the, the cutest personality. Like, I don't know how you could be a t- on a team with Josie and not like love being there like she's just happy and and just so cute they looked I mean we saw them in their opening meet last year Mm -hmm. against Michigan and can I say shit show on your podcast it was a hot mess you absolutely can (laughs) I mean they looked they didn't look bonded they looked um I mean and having come from Georgia and when Georgia was the team it's it was so concerning to me to to see them not not just like the, the the level of of gymnastics, but the way that the team was relating to each other just felt off. Mm-hmm. I'm super super excited for what I saw on Friday because they were having fun. They were loose and relaxed. They were bonded. They were having fun together. It was crazy to me, like the lineups. I'd have to go back and actually look, but I just remember thinking, like, okay, this lineup is transfer freshman, transfer returner freshman returner like almost yeah. the entire team is new or non-returners are new yeah yeah uh, they look really really good and I think they're just going to improve over the course of the season they had a couple of mishaps like uh Naya hit her foot on the bars I don't know if they showed that no I don't think they showed her on bars they, yeah. they her at all. I, oh they showed her on floor I think they yeah. did yeah uh, and they might have showed her on vault too if I'm remembering correctly there's so much gymnastics over the weekend um, they, did they show Soraya's vault when she crashed? Yeah, and they, they, they right behind vault, and it was terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying. They showed it, and then they also slow moed it. Super scary. I think she gets in her head about that ball. She was going for your Chenko one and a half, and last season, you know, when they were at Michigan, that was the first meet of the season. She was doing your Chenko full. I think she did that for most of the season last year, even mm-hmm. though she can do a one and a half. She just was doing. She's supposed ball. to be tucked. No, no, she was doing, I think she was going for the one and a half and then she stopped twisting midair and mm. then her feet touched the ground and she like flipped backwards onto like her shoulders almost really, really scary. And she got up yeah. pretty quickly. I was kind of like hoping that she would stay down just for them to make sure she was okay. Cause she, she got- did limp off. I don't know how long they showed it, but we were right there. So she, she kind of limped over, um, to the trainer I was really concerned and then we could see her with the trainer over at bars when they all transitioned over there but then by awards she was up and walking around maybe like a little gingerly on the ankle but looked completely fine okay so that's good to know then yeah like maybe they'll need to rest it but I don't I don't think it's an injury injury yeah maybe just like some soreness or something hopefully not yeah serious um I was also sitting next to Suni Lee at this point 
so wild. I'm so jealous of you. So how many people were here at session two? Because I don't understand how Suni Lee could have been there and not be being swarmed. Um, I mean, same, but more, but still kind of the same vibe. Like the sections are a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were a few like diehard fans scattered around like, where we were, where our seats were, were actually on the other side by beam. And we just chose to be, it was so empty. We could go wherever we wanted. So we chose to sit behind vault for this session, which was the best move of my life, obviously. <laughs> Good choice. Um, best choice I ever made. Uh, but in directly in front of us in our assigned seats were um, a couple from LA who are UCLA fans and went to meet the Bruins and um, at one point it was Jeff and Jeffrey they were so sweet at one point Jeff turns around and goes are you fluff <laughs> like, oh, I didn't get recognized you're um, in your fame era in my, my fame era um, but they were really sweet and then directly behind us were a couple a retired couple who have been following the Georgia team around for 30 years that's so, so wild. And massive Bulldog fans around us. So there were, you know, pockets of us, of big fans, but it was the majority parents. But so second session, it was more people than the afternoon session, which makes sense just because of timing. But there just weren't that many people around. Like we went and sat two rows behind vault with nobody around us for mm-hmm. the entire session. Yeah. And then Suni and I think maybe Piper, like a couple of her teammates, it was Sarah Hubbard. Sarah Hubbard. Sarah Hubbard. There, were, yeah. there were three or four of them. Oh, okay. Um, just came and casually sat. We could see you on the TV. Um, yeah. We could see Suni like walking by when she was leaving, walking like right by yeah, you. Yeah, it was when uh, Stanford was on the floor. I forget who exactly. It might have been Brennan Nall, but you could see Suni like getting up to leave and we're like, there's Amy. <laughs> they left right after Katie Finnegan's routine and she was cheering so hard for Katie. Oh. So I don't know, like, I wonder if they, if they knew each other, like going through club gymnastics, or if they just know each other from SEC gymnastics. But big Kitty Finnegan fan, Sydney. I think it's cool that she goes to other sessions and just like, tries to be like a normal spectator. I think that's cool because I feel like you would never see Nastia Lucan in the crowd. You know, <laughs> right? Like, like Suni stays humble, or like she... Simone Biles even. And granted, like Simone is like another level famous. For being an Olympic champion and like the current Olympic champion, it's cool to see her just like in the stands. Living her life. Yeah. Did she have a bodyguard there with her? She did on the floor. I didn't see him in the stands. See, it's interesting that the bodyguard, because he's been there for other meets as well. It's interesting that he's on the floor during the meet as if like, what, another team is going to like swarm Suni Lee? Or like someone's going (laughs) to jump down from the stands like a a screaker? You would think that like she'd need, (laughs) you would think that she would need a bodyguard when she's just in the stands, quote unquote, normal people. Yeah, we saw the Auburn team in the airport. Their flight was right next to ours. And there's Suni Lee just chilling in the Las Vegas airport. Nobody has any idea. I don't, she just flew on a plane to Atlanta with a bunch of people who had no idea that there was royalty in their midst. And no bodyguard with her? I didn't see him. And he's hard to miss. Mm. <laughs> yeah, some like random man just following these girls around. Yeah, right? That's so funny though. It's funny that he's on the floor for the meets as if like, Anyone that's down on the floor would be the type of person that's going to swarm soon. That's like the safest place is when she's competing. <laughs> yeah. right. There's a barrier. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But yeah, your picture was so cute and we're so happy for you that you got to meet Sunni. I was and so awkward. Were you? I was so awkward. Yeah. Completely. I don't believe that. You're not awkward. No, I really, really was. I really was. Um, I really don't believe it. But, but other than me, only two people in the entire time that she was sitting there, which was like a rotation and a half, only two other people came up and asked for a photo. Wow. I know, right? That's not at all what I would expect. I would no. expect that she would have to leave because people won't stop coming up to her. That's what I would imagine. <laughs> she was so sweet and gracious. And um, no, I was awkward because I said, I can't wait to see you compete tomorrow night. And she goes, oh, you're coming? And I said, yeah, we're big Michigan fans. And she goes, Michigan? And I was sitting there like decked out in my Georgia gear. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what's going on? And in my head, I'm like, how much time... Does Suni Lee want to hear me explain my gymnastics, you know, dedication? Like, not at all. So I just stopped and was like, <laughs> but she was lovely. Well, and I'm she was not- cheering. I posted a video of her uh, cheering for um, for Jade, and it was oh, fabulous. She yeah. was just, like, the biggest cheerleader ever. That's so cute. I love that. And there was yeah. a video, too. I don't know who posted it, but there was a video of... Um, during session four, so UCLA and uh, so Jordan Childs and obviously SUNY, um, I don't know what rotation it was, but they like went and they hugged each other. It might have been after SUNY got a 10 on beam. Jordan was like super excited for her and they like ran over to each other and gave each other a hug. Yeah. I so I, I love the support. I love the support. I just love the team environment. It's one of my favorite things about college gymnastics is, you know, they're they're competing individually, but they're all so on board for each other. And it's so fun to see. And especially not just teammates, but like across schools. Yeah. They, they grew up together. So many of them. And, right. friends, and they know each other. And and I think people forget that. I think we think that they're all this like, which they are competitive, granted. But I think really at the end of the day, they're all friends and they're all supportive of each other. We, we like to think that they all have this like big rivalry with each other, but they're it's all- just the fans. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to win, right? They want to win, but they want to win and they want their friends to be successful at the same time. It's the fans and it's the Twitter accounts for the schools. Did you see Utah when they beat LSU? No. They posted all oh, gold luck. They posted a picture of Swoop, you know, the, is it an yeah. eagle or the whatever? Eagle. Yeah. And he's, hold, he's holding the stick crown, LSU stick crown, and it's like broken. No. He broke the spirit stick. <laughs> oh, it's the crown. You know how their whole theme is like the queen thing? Yeah. Um, I'm like, that is iconic. And I think more teams need to start being more shady like that. I'm yeah. here. Pretty fun. Like, fun you being a team, just get real shitty with it and start like yeah. going low. No, I think it's funny and I think it's good for the sport. It's, it's, it's it is good for the sport. You know what I mean? No one's yeah. actually trying to be shitty about anything. It's It's all in good fun. Well, and shit talking is a part of sports, right? Yes. Like it means that you really love your team. And I grew up a Georgia fan, you guys. I hate the University of Florida with all of my heart, <laughs> but I can still love their gymnasts and want them to do well. Yes. Right. And want the school to fail utterly in every aspect. Like that's that's sports. <laughs> right. Like, that's like get your tens, Trinity, and then please still lose to Georgia. It'll right. happen again someday. It really will. Right. Get your times, but like, don't win the national title this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need to tie with some of my faves. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So did I just delete my note? Okay. No, I didn't. That was bad. It literally looked like it almost deleted and I was about to just 
and go, go. delete the whole podcast. Wait, like, can we talk about the most important person of session two? And that would be one Brendan Koo from Stanford <laughs> on the floor, living his best life, getting not only his team pumped up, but the entire crowd. Like my husband at one point was like, I haven't watched a routine yet. I'm just watching that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is entertaining. He was amazing. He was having so much fun. And we tracked him down on Twitter. Like, yeah, uh, I saw that. Go follow at Brendan Koo. Unreal, super fun, and watch him on the sidelines for all the Stanford meets. The energy is unmatched. <laughs> unmatched. And Tabitha, oh my goodness, she looked fierce in that black pantsuit. Fabulous. Their sideline game is on point. Love that. Their is good too. Yeah, really Stanford. Sideline. Yeah. Stanford looked pretty good, honestly. Yeah, so it that's is. a good segue because I wanted to talk about Stanford. Arena Alexeva, finally, not only competed, but I think she hit her first routine ever in college. She got a 9-8 on bars. We didn't see it. They didn't show it on the broadcast, but um, I, I saw the scores and she got a 9-8 on bars. So that's exciting to see that she's not only making a lineup, but doing well. I think her first two seasons, she has barely competed. And when she did compete, she was just she's not a sophomore, right? She don't have last season. She's a junior. Oh God, I don't know. Oh look, we probably should have. We should probably be factually. But either way, to see a hit bar routine from her is huge because that is something that we have not seen yet. So very excited about that. On floor, I noted Stanford. I love their choreography. Um, Brennan Null, Anna Roberts. um, They have Terrilyn Wynn. She looks great. Well, they Um, have Hallie Mosset. I forgot she's at Stanford now, and she's the one that's I'm assuming doing the choreography. Which makes sense because they had some some really uh, pretty choreography. And really fun routines. Alexeva is a redshirt sophomore. Okay. So that would mean you've been here for two years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I said here as if I live in California and I'm like a part of Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I say here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to mention Chloe Widner, though. She beat Jade Carey in the all-around. That's insane. She yeah. was on fire. To start her senior season, she got a 39-525. She also won beam and floor. Um, pretty big deal for her and her, you know, to kick off her senior season. Jade Carey didn't have she didn't have a bad meet. I just feel like she wasn't, she was probably judged more accurately, is where it was like a normal Pac-12 home meet. She probably would be getting like nine nines or nine nine fives for things that she was getting. Yeah, like she didn't get the Last season, she like barely went below nine nine, and then she didn't yeah. even break nine nine this meet. But I think it was just the scoring being stri- what we feel like is stricter, but like we said, just more accurate. And yeah, you know, and she didn't do bad by any. No, case. she had a good meet, but also something that she mentioned too afterwards was just. You know, she did just compete at Worlds. She's coming off of her elite season still. She said that she wishes she had more time with her college routines. So hopefully mm-hmm. she has enough time by next weekend. Because <laughs> you're 20 hours. Uh, did they show much of Rutgers floor? They showed a couple. We saw Hannah Joyner. Um, whoever the anchor was, we saw them. But not the name. But they... The- Overall, Rutgers floor was just really fun and engaging and very, very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was worth them. We didn't see a lot of 
There's like certain teams that they kind of neglected. Well, what would happen is after the first rotation, whoever the top two teams were, that's who they would start to show. That's all they show. Almost entirely. Yeah, because like yeah. session four, it was pretty much Oklahoma and UCLA. Like we saw a majority of their routines. Didn't see a whole lot of Michigan, even though it was on the Big Ten network. And that was the only Big Ten team in that session. Oh, weird. <laughs> that's such a short-sighted way to film a meet too, because it's not over after two rotations. Right. Yeah. Well, because look. Somebody's still going to beam. Yeah, exactly what happened is Michigan, they were, you know, last the entire time, and then they ended up winning second, so. Yeah, they came in fourth for the entire week, didn't they? You mean, like, with everybody combined? Yeah. Oh, really? If I saw that correctly, maybe I didn't. Fact check me before you. Well, I know Cal. They're fourth in the rankings right now. Cal was ahead and Oklahoma was ahead. No, I I get what you're saying. You're right. You're saying in the rankings, they're fourth. But that wasn't score wise. That was just how they're. No, it is score wise. We were it is score wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we were thinking you were saying that when you combine all of the teams from the Super Sixteen, they were. No, four. no, no. All the teams nationally. Yes. 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 Michigan's in fourth. Yes. yes. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> um. Oh, I have to fact check myself because I I tweeted out the band that was there and thought that they the Oregon State brought them because their colors were red and or orange and black but they actually were a local high school band that was just oh. fire and got the whole crowd pumped up and i was like oh they came for jade <laughs> <laughs> makes sense we can just pretend why would a band not follow jade carry around everywhere she goes right suny has a bodyguard follow her and jade has a band jade has a band it's, i mean it checks out doesn't it it makes sense to me but they were actually a high school band and they were really really good imagine if jade carry had a band following her around on the competition floor They'd be so chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) We love the chaos. (laughs) Is there anything else for session two that we want to talk about? Any other highlights? No, I'm good on session two. I'm just really, really, really excited for Georgia to not be 32nd ever again. Mm -hmm. I think this is their year. I do feel good about it. They have a really talented team, so... They do. And, you know, you can have a rebuilding year and, and, well, no, they need to do it this year, actually, because of uh, Josie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes she gets this shot Josie Jim Dog deserves to have an incredible season also we didn't talk about Vanessa Denise she only did beam and she got a 985 they didn't show it on the broadcast but I'm I just- tweeted that routine out and it was oh. it was really really nice yeah okay, okay. I'll have to go back and look because I feel like I I'm not seeing all the stuff that you said that you tweeted <laughs> so yeah well you were we were busy watching a broadcast and I have no idea what they showed on the broadcast except that we were texting and I was asking if they were showing things I made the assumption that if there was only one routine happening in the arena, that it was being broadcast, but that was silly of me. Because yeah, yeah. Know, that would just be, that would make too much sense for them. Way too much sense. So I'd be like, I don't have to film this one. They're obviously showing it. No. Nope. No. But I'm hoping Vanessa Denise is going to do more events. She's been training everything but vault, I believe, and she's looked really, really good. So so good. Only beam here, but I'm hoping that like she's gonna also step up and be a big score for Georgia on bars beam and floor. I think she will be. And Sandra Alsadek, um, she's a transfer from Ball State, also a fifth year. She looked really good in preseason, and then she didn't compete at their exhibition. So it was nice to see her compete on two events here. They didn't show her on the TV, but I just looking at scores. I know that she's alive and she's competing. (laughs) So happy about that. So session three, we had Cal, Iowa, Arizona State, and BYU. 
Cal won with their highest season opening score in program history. It was a 197-475. Currently ranked third in the nation, which I don't think anybody was expecting. Iowa finished second with a 196-225, followed by Arizona State in third with a 195-775, and then BYU in fourth with a 193-775. So... Cal looks amazing. They are like the whole package. They have beautiful gymnastics. They're clean. They have good difficulty. They're entertaining. They're sticking landings. I mean, they really are the complete package. And I'm super excited for them this season. They're ready for the season that they deserve. They looked so good. They looked so put together, um, so well conditioned. They've got everything they need to go to nationals. Like, give me some final floor with Cal. I'm, I'm, down for that I yeah. can, I can see it yeah they really do have a talented team they have Nevaeh D'Souza an all-arounder who's incredible um MJ Frazier didn't have the best meet here on ball and then bars she mm-hmm. fell yeah she, right on the low bar she was doing like a pirouette and she just came crashing down <laughs> but then her beam was good and her floor was good. so good yeah 995 on both those events and to think that Cal scored a one nine seven four seven five, not counting MJ Frazier on vault and bars, it speaks to their potential. Yeah, very very good sign of what this team is capable of. Because normally MJ would be, you would assume, a nine eight five plus score on at least those two events as well. So they That's have big Andy Lee, incredible all arounder. She got a nine nine seven five on bars. She looked amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I'm super excited for MJ. She's she's gonna be star. Cal won the all around title and all four event titles here, so they were just on fire. Oh, do they really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah well, in session in session three, yeah, right. yeah, they were on fire. Um, can we talk about Cal's stick bearhead? Oh my gosh, the photos. So Lloyd Smith, who's the inside gymnastics photographer, I want to give him a shout out because he's amazing. He goes to all the meets and he can upload photos to a Dropbox folder for us almost live. So like as I'm watching the meet, I'm looking at all these photos and the photos of the cow bear hat are so funny because they will like stick their landing and then they put the bear hat on and it's so huge compared to the rest of their and body. It's just so funny looking. Yeah, it's like tiny body, big head. It's so funny. But the photos were <laughs> not get that thing off fast enough i mean can you imagine spending three hours on your hair and then having to put a giant bear head on top of it yeah i noticed on bars nevea when she stuck her dismount she put it on for like a second and then she like immediately took it off and like went and high-fived her teammates exactly so it's like something that they do photo up bye it's like the um the crown at lsu like they obviously hate putting that thing on because it sticks to their hair why have they not gotten a crown that looks great but doesn't stick to their hair or do something easy like a necklace or a boa or Mm -hmm. i don't know or you can be stanford with the stick stick which is like this is how this is how we roll we're literal like that do they still do the stick stick i saw a stick stick oh okay stanford wins (laughs) i mean um but what stood out for me in iowa was um adeline kitlin of course is gorgeous um, and then Linda Zivit, rock that star. Ball. Like, come yeah. on. Did she get a 9925 on that ball, I believe. Is she that right? Yeah. Just stuck it. Yeah. yeah. She, you guys have interviewed her before, right? Have you? Mm-mm. No, you should. She just seems like a really like vibrant, fun personality. She's a transfer from Michigan State. Yes. So mm-hmm. I remember following her when she was at Michigan State, but she didn't really compete that much for them. So it's nice she's to see she's healthy and contributing to Iowa's lineups yeah 
Yeah, Iowa looked good. Um, I wish that I had had more understanding of who was going when so that I could talk about it a little more coherently. Something I didn't realize when watching the broadcast, but I realized it after the fact was Kenlin didn't do bars. And I think they said, I went back and rewatched the broadcast because it was on um, Big Ten last night. They re-aired it. And they said that she had like a shoulder issue in the preseason. So I don't know if she's going to be on bars this season or not, but I didn't even process during the meet that she didn't do bars. She only did beam and floor. Yeah. They thought it was going to be a season ending injury. They said, Oh my God. Out. she like learned a beam routine that didn't involve her hands. And then, I mean, I guess now, now she's at a place where she can do gymnastics and I guess use her hands, but she's not doing bars. So well, surprising that she's doing floor though, too. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting her necessarily to be in the floor lineup. But... Well, she was last year at the end of the season and she did really, really well. So it's not surprising. It's more surprising that if she had an injury that she's doing floor, but yeah, like, bars does require the most out of your shoulders. So either way, we have her on several fantasy teams. So we'll take her wherever we can get her. <laughs> Take what you can get. We'll take that beam routine. Yes. Um, Arizona State. I was so impressed with Emily White. Like I know Hannah Sharf is their is their big name. Um, Emily's right there too. She's so good. She really stuck it out to me. We follow um for the longest time, um, Sienna Smiley. I think, or actually, I think her name is it's Sienna Smiley. I think is how you pronounce it. Gosh, when she she's, was a little kid back in the day, she used to post videos on YouTube. She's one of those kids that like you know, you'd follow when they're like five years old. And I remember watching her and then now here she is in college and she's a really beautiful gymnast. I think she still needs to like, her time is coming. She needs to hit like her stride still, but she's so beautiful on bars and beams. She's like, got great lines. Perfect toe point. Yeah. Only did bars at this meet. Again, they didn't show it, but she's someone that I'm really looking forward to seeing from them. And then Anaya Smith, she did vault. I think she was a big question mark going into the season because she has vaulted in the past. She usually does a one and a half, and she's amazing. Um, but then she got injured last season. I think did one vault the whole season, and it was like a nine-seven. That was the only time we saw her. And we didn't see much of her in preseason. No, but she did vault at this meet, so that's exciting. Oh, one thing I want to mention. Um, BYU, can we talk about the floor choreography? Yes, can we please? Can we talk about Rebecca Bean Ripley? Yeah. So here's the thing. I personally don't like the choreography. Like, it's not really my favorite style of routine, I guess. But I will admit, it's very entertaining. I think the crowd loved it. She sells the crap out of it. She's committed to the character of being a Barbie. And it's great. And the little, like, jump thing she does to her butt, I think before her last pass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it, it was so cool. Like, I gasped. She does, like, a backwards roll and then immediately punches and flies forward onto her butt and then bounces up. And it is so cool. That was one of those routines where it started and I was just like, what is this? What is happening? Because <laughs> like, it kind of starts, like, it looks like she's doing the robot. And I'm like, I don't, what? And then... She just completely owned it and committed to it the entire time. And every eye in the crowd was on her. Yep. Um, it was very, very engaging and very fun. And I, you know, I like a gimmicky floor routine. Like it's, it's yeah. memorable. Yep. So her mom was right next to us videoing. So I said, is that your daughter? And we chatted for a while. She was so nice. And she said, yes, like she came up with it. She choreographed it. Like she created the entire thing. 
she just really owned it. I thought it was really fun. I look forward to seeing it again. Yeah, see, the key to a good floor routine, you know it's good when people want to go back and watch it again, even if it's yeah. not, like, their favorite type of routine. Like I said, like, I typically, or, like, if I was a gymnast, I would not do a routine like that. Or, like, I would not necessarily look at that and think like oh my god that's an amazing routine but I do find myself wanting to go back and watch it again or every time it comes up on my social media feed I watch it and like that's how you know it's a good routine it's memorable yeah because exactly it's memorable it stands yeah. out it's fun and it's it's different it's different than what anybody else in the competition was doing Absolutely. and I just all- really admire the commitment to the character yeah, like if you're going to do that, it's going to be ridiculous. If you just phone it in, you have to go all in and she went all in. And that's not something that just anybody could do. Majority of the gymnasts in that entire competition, all sessions would not have been able to sell that routine in the way that she did. So yeah. and she's been injured for a long time, right? Like this was her, yep. her comeback. Yeah. Yep. So what a way to come back. back. <laughs> yeah. Roaring back. I loved it. I loved it. And it, you know, it, it definitely helped having that little chat with her mom who was just so cute and proud of her daughter. And yeah, yeah. love that. So session four, the last session of the super 16 we had, this is the big one. We had Oklahoma, Michigan, Auburn, and UCLA, Oklahoma, maybe not all that surprising came away with the win. They posted a one nine seven nine two five, which is again, not really surprised the highest score in the country after week one. Almost um, a one nine eight in the opening week. Everybody should be afraid. Yeah. Um, with room to improve because Reagan Smith went nine eight five. I think on all her events, that's not going to last. Uh, Faith Torres and Duval, if I'm remembering correctly, so they definitely have Olivia Troutman hasn't defrosted yet. Exactly. So they definitely have probably not like their full strength. Oh, Kat Lavasser, yeah, said on the broadcast she did one of the events. Beam. Okay, but. So she has a, a back injury. Yeah, that's what they said in the broadcast bars right now. So yeah. several, well, maybe I don't know about several. At least two gymnasts from different teams we saw wearing these these back contraptions yeah. that looked like they were electric pulses or something, and then they would take them off and like without this amazing routine and then put them right back on. Is it a back warmer? Because that's what my understanding was. It like it, it's almost like a heating pad. If it's if it's just a heating pad, it is the most high tech heating pad ever because it's got like. <laughs> lights on like red lights on the back yeah. that flash like it I know what you're talking about yeah maybe it's like a heating pad but also a massager at the same time I should get one of those yeah <laughs> I was thinking it was like you know electro massage therapy happening in real time it gives I don't know I, anybody who knows what those things are tell us because that yeah was I've seen a lot of gymnasts wearing them before but I, I think I just mm-hmm. maybe assumed that it was like some kind of heating pad contraption but mm-hmm. who knows but yeah. either way not full strength lineups, I would say. Like there's no. definitely some key people on key events that were missing yeah. here. So you're going on this 198 without your full lineup and with your stars not at like their normal, yeah, normal hit level. You just can't deny how good Oklahoma is. They're just so good. That's what I kept thinking to myself watching the meet. Like they're just too dang good. Yeah. Even my husband noticed that, and he's you know become a casual gymnastics observer through me. And he said he could tell just like looking at the teams on the floor that Oklahoma had this level of like conditioning and preparedness, I think was the word that he used that he said Michigan and Cal were the others that, that looked close to that for him. But Oklahoma just, they just came out like, you know, a little team ready for battle, ready to go. 
they don't look nervous. Like some teams, you can kind of see some nerves at various points. I would say almost every team had at least one event where they seemed a little bit nervous. Oklahoma never does that, like hardly ever. They just come out and they know they're the best and they perform like it. And they don't let the pressure of being the number one team, of being the reigning national champion, get to them, mm-hmm. which I think is something that can be hard to do. So, yeah, I think they're going to be the team to beat again. Obviously, 100%. there's other teams that are going to be in the mix as well, but um, Oklahoma, I think, is looking uh, already, <laughs> first week of the season, they're already looking like they're going to be the team again this year. So, we'll see. UCLA also much improved from last season. Yeah, let me finish reading the scores real quickly. So we had Oklahoma, 197-925. Michigan was second. We mentioned that earlier, but 19, I put 1944. It's a 1974. <laughs> 1944 is concerning. <laughs> Auburn was third with a 197-35. And then UCLA fourth with a 197-275. But UCLA was in it until the very last rotation. They went to beam and kind of had. I don't know if you call that a beam meltdown, but... No, I wouldn't say, a, at least not my impression. They showed most of the routines. It was kind of just shaky. Yeah. Um, they didn't have anything, like, too major happen, but so, some good, solid routines in there. A couple wobbly scores, mm-hmm. um, like 9-7 type scores. But overall, though, I think much better than what they were looking like last season. The team looks so much happier with Janelle. She's, like, the ultimate hype woman. I see her in the background all the time, like, jumping up and down, getting yeah. so excited after every routine, which is a great to see that from a head coach. And I also want to point out that last year, UCLA season opener was a one nine four eight five. This year, again, one nine seven two seven five. So significantly better than what they did last time. I think we call that a glow up. Yes, yes. Period. That was their highest season opening score in 18 years. So I want to say, you know, McDonald is doing something right. We'll see how the rest of the season unfolds. But this is, this is a talented team. And I think last year they obviously weren't able to reach their full potential, but I feel like we're already seeing signs pointing in the right direction that hopefully they can pace themselves and stay healthy throughout season but I think that with the talent they have on this team there's no way that they're not going to be one of the top teams one of the to have freshmen like Selena Harris who's amazing love her floor routine it's already becoming my one of my favorites if not the favorite I've watched it like a million times <laughs> I can confirm because I can hear her like multiple times a day watching her floor routine I'm like here she goes again <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. It's good. It's good. It's my favorite UCLA floor team this year. I don't know if you have a favorite, Amy, but Selena, I think, is both of ours. Um, I have not seen enough yet to have a favorite. I haven't had the chance to go back and watch any of the broadcasts except a little bit of Alabama-Michigan State, which we'll talk about later. But I'm looking forward to being able to sit down and actually like watch because I'm so hyped up at a live meet I always have to go back and watch it again oh yeah I feel like I'm I'm missing even if my eyes are on it I'm still missing it because I'm in my head like yeah you process it a lot different after the fact when you're watching it away from the environment like it's exactly when especially at a quad meet we were trying to watch four things at once yeah and with my ADD and I just end up watching nothing yeah instead of watching four things because I can't focus um (laughs) UCLA I was I mean, they're always, they always kind of seem like loose and like they're having fun. Like that's just their vibe, but you could, I could feel a culture shift mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to see how that plays out and whether, I mean, they obviously have the talent to 
to go really far this season and could be one of the top schools hundred percent. But if, even if it's not this year, I think that culture change is going to really make a difference for their team going forward. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny, you guys, Jordan Childs just does her own thing. She's just in her own world. She's just being Jordan. She's so fun to watch during awards when they're all in their like straddle sits in line. She was in front with her legs crossed. Like I'm Jordan Childs. <laughs> straddle. I'll say however I want. Yeah, she does what she wants. <laughs> she does what she wants, as she should. Yes. Yeah. She was, you know, dancing and she had the little kids in the crowd dancing. There were a lot of kids holding up signs for Jordan. Oh. Yeah. It was really fun. Fun to watch. There were also a lot of little girls in the crowd wearing Auburn gear that I do not believe traveled from Alabama. Like SUNY has really put the Auburn gymnastics team on the map, oh, which is fantastic. Well, yeah, you see how big of the crowds they have honestly like every place they go last season I believe they sold out every arena that SUNY competed in yeah every team that Auburn was against had a a a record-breaking crowd yeah which is very telling yeah we we've been wanting to go to an Auburn meet like we want to go actually to Auburn while SUNY's there but we just for shits and giggles we just started looking up you know, seeing what tickets we could get, whatever. I was looking at flights and things before there's even like tickets secured. But there is no tickets to secure because they don't exist because all they have left is standing room to all their meets. I heard that. There's no. Yeah. So the couple behind us, the Georgia fans that have been following the team forever, they travel to all the away meets. Like this is, this is what they do in their retirement. They go see Georgia gymnastics wherever they are. They had to get standing room only single meet tickets. With all their connections at Georgia, they couldn't get like visitors. That's crazy. Like even just, yeah, like being such a fan of the program, being there for so long, like you think they'd have a way to like get the hookup somehow, but that's crazy. But that's commitment though, that they're going to go and basically risk standing there. Yeah. Unless some kind soul gives up their seat. (laughs) I mean, I I have a feeling they will find their way to some seats. Mm -hmm. Um, They're pretty experienced. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. gymnastic, college gymnastics fan travelers but yeah like they were telling us about that and that's wild that's wild for auburn yeah yeah the suny lee effect it's real the suny lee effect is real speaking of suny she got a 10 on beam yay she got a 10 on beam yeah beautiful. A, a real 10 i'd say you know mm-hmm. sometimes they're not exactly real 10s I, I feel like this one was a real one yeah i wasn't mad about it mm-hmm no, me either. Like you can nitpick always, but it was a college 10 and then some, it was really good. And Auburn, they kind of, they didn't really show Auburn much at all. We saw Darian on floor. Uh, her new routine. So much fun. I love the way she's like, yeah. Yeah. Another person that really commits to like the character of the routine and Absolutely. she goes all out. They said that her theme was um, like inspired by HBCUs. So oh, it's yeah, a cool. lot of the music and all of that. Um, it's kind of like yeah. a HBCU theme. So that was really cool. Um, trying to think of, I mean, they really, honestly, they showed just SUNY, Darian. Only, I know Darian stuck her vault. Yeah, we didn't see her her bars or her vault. We just saw her floor. Yeah. I think at that point, it was pretty much just UCLA, Oklahoma that they were focusing on. Because we missed Michigan in the the last rotation. They, they ended up going back and showing like highlights. Like they showed Natalie and I think Sierra. But yeah, Michigan started off with a really bad beam rotation, didn't even break 49, 
and then fights their way back the next three rotations and it finishes in second despite being fourth the whole time but we didn't see any of it how many of the beam how many michigan beams did they show on the broadcast just um oh they showed naomi to start and they showed Abby and Natalie. Yeah. So three to start. They didn't show Sierra's fall. Nope. No. They didn't show Gabby, Carly, or Sierra. So here's here's my opinion on the Michigan beam rotation. People are freaking out. Yeah. They I should not. This is not a big deal. This is not indicative of what beam is going to look like for Michigan this season. No, this was- they've been better than that. Like they've proven that they're better than that. But also they started the season on beam in a giant arena meet on podium so obviously they're going very, they're excited they're nervy and a high pressure spooky balance checks Sierra doesn't fall yeah, yeah that's what we were saying like sierra i think because we've done this research for like our broadcast that we do for them up until that point she'd only fallen on beam twice in her entire michigan career yeah that's blue we had balance checks on series that we're not gonna see it really it was it was not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. It was more accurate scoring than we often see. Mm-hmm. And that was reflected in not breaking 49. I, there is nothing in me that is concerned about mm-hmm. Michigan beam going forward. And then they were fire the rest of the meet. Yeah. Sierra is the kind of person that normally is like a nine, nine score that you can count on. Like mm-hmm. such a fluke. Carly Bauman being back in the lineup. That was her first yeah. clean since her injury yeah so like cut her some slack people i mean she did good she got like a nine seven something i forget exactly. I, I think it was a nine seven seven five but like she's gonna be big i mean this is a good lineup it just you have to take into account too that like normally the first meet of the season is not ncaa finals worthy yeah like this is a huge competition with auburn and ucla and oklahoma like of course there's going to be some nerves there's going to be some jitters and when you're starting on beam i didn't really expect them to go out and hit 49.5 you know well and i said this to you beforehand too beam was the event that they ended their season on last year so they're basically starting off on the event that ended their season earlier than they had wanted so yeah I think there's just a lot of nerves when you consider yeah. all things so. I found it to be very fluky and I'm not concerned no yeah, me neither at all. I think me it's neither. very telling that they were able to go 1974 without breaking 49 on beam I think that's something that people need to think about yeah like, let's take a look at that yeah that is a really good score given such a horrible beam rotation score score wise yeah they had the fourth best score in the nation week one Without breaking 49 on beam. You hoes better watch out. Watch out. Michigan's coming. <laughs> no, they looked really good. Their floor rotation was unbelievable. So I spent the whole meet like watching Michigan thinking I should be watching somebody else because I'm going to get to see Michigan in person all year, but I could not watch Michigan. Yeah. But I think vault was like the one rotation because it was kind of across the arena for me. I would catch little bits of it. And vault was hard because it goes so fast. Yep. So unless you're staring at them, waiting for them to go, you often miss it. So I missed a lot of the vault, but bars, they killed it. Can we talk about Nico Coolis's glow up season? Yeah, she is doing her best gymnastics right now. I am so excited for her. She looks good. She's going to have a year. She looked fantastic. And she has potential to get into the beam lineup too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, four to nine, nine in the inner squad. So she's beautiful in that event as well. Am I am I remembering correctly? She went nine nine two five on both bars and floor. Yeah, she did. Yeah. 
Yep. Unbelievable. I think 9925 is her career high. She scored that in 2021 at NCAAs. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Matching like, her career high. Yeah. First meet of the season. Yeah. First time. In, like, she was hardly in the floor lineup last year. So to come out first meet and do that well. She didn't compete yeah. much at all last year. Like, we saw her in exhibition quite a bit, but I don't think she did a lot of competition. I think she team. may have done one floor team once. Was it at regionals? Did she, she did a four at regionals, yeah. Yeah, because they had she did uh, once, I think. She might have. Yeah. Because there was a couple points where they were rest- like Gabby went out on bars at the end of season last year, and then Sierra Brooks and Abby High School weren't on floor in regionals. So there's a couple points in the season where people were pulled from the lineups, and she sometimes got plugged in, but she yeah. wasn't ever consistently in. And I started plugging JC in instead. I just, I don't know. I see big, big things for Nico. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm like, I want her to take a fifth year. And she's so oh, sweet and fun. Like, I want her, I want her to have just a year. Yes. Go get it. This is for sure her year. I think yeah. I see her consistently making lineups as long as she stays healthy. So very exciting to have her very back. Also Carly as well, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really fun to see Carly back in action. It was such a bummer to have her out last year. Uh, we didn't get to see her beam routine. I mean, I'm assuming with the score, she probably had like a wobble or two, maybe. I am pretty sure that I videoed her beam routine and I will post it if I did. But same, like balance checks on series kind of happened for everybody. It was just little weird wobbly things that added up. It was not. Well, and like. This was no Georgia beam rotation, you guys. <laughs> right. But with the way people are acting on Twitter, you would think that Michigan had like a beam meltdown. I'm like, they didn't even count a ball. They just had wobbly rotation. They just had a bunch of wobbles that added up. Natalie's another one too. She was more wobbly than she normally is, but like Natalie's the kind of person that on Beam or really any event, but Beam in particular, you can sit back and watch her and have no fear. She's going to hit the routine. And she was a little bit more wobbly this time than she normally is. But again, like that's something that I don't expect to continue happening. Like I'm not worried about it. Like it's going to be fine. It's going to be a good event. It's Sure, it's not going to be their best event this season, but they're going to be fine. It's not going to be something that prohibits them from, you know, being one of the top teams in the country. I think people are mildly overreacting. It's funny to see on Twitter, like, people were, oh, my God, what is Michigan doing after that first rotation? But then by the end, they were second, and they were, like, yeah. not that far behind. Like, they had a good score. And if they had a normal beam rotation, they would have been right in it with Oklahoma. So, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. They were, I mean, they were in last place going into the fourth rotation and finished second. You know, UCLA helped. Yeah, true. They helped out a little bit. (laughs) But, um, but there was no question that Michigan was going to pass Auburn in the fourth rotation. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. they were just fighting back from that, that beam rotation. And again, I have no concerns. No concerns whatsoever. The bigger thing at this point is how you bounce back from something like that. And I was proud to see that they didn't let that first rotation change the mood of the the rest of the meet for them. They just kept going and just got better and better as the meet went on. So that to me is what's even more important at this stage in the season is just bouncing back from those things and not letting it destroy the rest of the competition. And they did that. So absolutely. Oh, and Natalie said hi to Melly. <gasps> oh, of course she did. <laughs> I was filming them uh, walking from, we were right by beam, walking from beam to floor and she waved and said, hi, Melly. Oh, <laughs> I so love Natalie. She's the best. Anything else on that rotation or that subdivision? No, that's it. You guys, one thing that is so funny to me, Dana Duckworth 
sang the national anthem like she was on American Idol every single what? time before every single session. Not didn't she didn't sing it on the mic. She sang it to herself. Oh, at the media table. Janice, we're not talking about this. She's saying the national anthem. No, no, no. So the national anthem was sung by American Idol um, people who are going to be on American Idol this season. Okay. They had a local 16-year-old do it both times on Friday. And then a guy from Ohio came in for Saturday. And they were good. But Dana was on the sideline, hand over heart, singing. Oh, my gosh. Dana loves America, you guys. <laughs> it was cracking me up. There's always those people at meets, and I guess good to know that Dana Duckworth is one of those people. <laughs> She's one of those people. I yeah. will say on the note of Dana Duckworth, I actually enjoyed her commentary, unfortunately. Um, she was she really good. Yeah. yeah. I figured that she would be good because as a head coach, she was pretty articulate, well-spoken. As a coach, a former coach, she has insight. So when something goes wrong in a routine, she obviously knows you know what went wrong gymnastics. just by looking at it so yeah I found that she was really really insightful even more so than somebody who's been you know a, a former gymnast like Lori love Lori to death and I think that she's a, a good commentator and I think that she'll continue to improve the more she does it but I would say that Dana Duckworth was the best commentator out of the entire competition so okay. Janae I think was the was Janae the first Janae did session one yeah but I just find that coaches have more insight than sometimes the former athletes do. So, mm -hmm. yeah, especially if they can stay um, unbiased. And I guess, you know, with Alabama not being there, it's easier just to, to be unbiased about other teams. But her commentary yeah. was a plot twist anyways, because like what? Like when they when they announced like she, they had well, several commentators, but she was one of them. I thought that was weird. Like why? I don't it know. is, but it's. It's it's not an unusual transition, right? To go from coaching into broadcasting. Yeah. Maybe I mean, more so in other sports, but I think it I happens. Well, gymnasts do it a lot. Gymnasts go on from being, you know, an athlete to staying involved in the sport through broadcasting. We've seen that a lot, but well, they had DD on the sidelines, then they had yeah. whatever Grayba is yes. the yes. elite Grayba. <laughs> yeah. Um which I didn't really like them personally. I thought they were people online like them, like that there's some good feedback online. I personally didn't really find them useful anyway. I just felt like they were taking up airtime. So it was kind of a cute gimmick to have Jess interviewing SUNY. It was awkward to me. Oh, was it? Not yeah. I, I mean, I could see it. I haven't heard it yet. Um it was weird. About it felt so awkward to me. And I was like, is this what like I'm granted they're on TV, so like you you probably do just get naturally more awkward, but Something about it just felt weird to me. And I'm like, I wanted it to stop. <laughs> well, even okay. Sumi kind of got awkward because she was like, I forgot what the question was, but she basically ended it by saying, and I'm excited for the Olympics. And then, and then just, she made like a face like, why yeah, did she was, say she that? She was basically like, why did she say that? And then her coach was like, yeah, well, I would hope so. Oh, that's weird. She's like, shit, did I sound cocky? She tried to say it was that she's excited that once college is over, she's excited to get back into the elite world. But she's, she's, yeah, she's, but it came out funny. But it came out as I'm excited for the Olympics. Oh God, my awkwardness rubbed off on Suni. I'm sorry, Suni. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take responsibility for that one. <laughs> it was just really fun. It was a it was a really really fun place to be a gym fan. Yeah, and I would love to go back with like the group of people that we go to nationals with who are all just like rabid gym fans and just speak <laughs> out with them. My husband was a really, really good sport and he tolerated my ridiculousness. 
Like when I asked Darian for a photo in the airport, he was like, I thought you were going to be able to restrain yourself. <laughs> really? <laughs> what would give you that idea? Well, that's the thing at meets like that, where there's so many different teams, you always run the risk of running into somebody like coaches, gymnasts, former gymnasts. Um, you got to be like ready at all times. You got to be on your toes. Yeah. But it's fun. And that's as gymnastics fans, that's like what we live for. So your husband probably like low key was like ready for the weekend to be done. He's like, I want to be home. Did you guys get to do anything in Vegas or was it just pretty much going to the meets? A little bit. We stayed at the Venetian and we've stayed there before and it's really, really beautiful. This was my birthday trip. This is what I asked for. I just had a, um, a round number birthday. And <laughs> so we stayed, we had this really, really beautiful um, room that was way bigger than we expected it to be. But the Consumer Electronics Conference was this week and Vegas was slammed. And the conference is in the convention center adjacent to the Venetian. So everybody was staying there. So it was a wow. zoo. It was an absolute uh-huh. madhouse. Getting a cab to and from the Orleans where the meet was, was nuts. So we stayed at the Orleans um, and just ate and did some gambling in between sessions on Saturday, but we had to go back on Friday because we hadn't been able to get in our room yet. And we wanted to get checked in and we barely had time to eat something and come back. And it's a 10 minute cab ride, but it was just so hard to, to get a cab. So it was really crazy, but we did, uh, we played some blackjack. My husband got up at 7 a.m. on sun on Sunday when we were leaving and went down to the tables by himself. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. What in Vegas? Yeah. yeah. And he won back a couple of hundred bucks. We um we lost a little bit of our son's college fun, but Vegas. Your son will be okay. He'll figure it out. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I play a little craps. I love craps. Um, and then we had a really, really good sushi dinner um after the final session back at the Venetian. So that was fun. But, you know, we're, we're a little bit old to do Vegas. Like we used to do Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went to Vegas together in our twenties. We both had our bachelor bachelorette parties there We're we are not in that life phase anymore. Yeah. You're just like there for the gymnastics and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this would not have been the weekend, like the trip that we chose if we weren't going for the meet, we would not have gone to Vegas. So, um, but it was, it was fun. And it was a good place to have it. And I will 100% go back again next year if they do it again. Well, uh, next year, maybe we can try and go. And we can go I, wanted, I wanted to be there so badly. I wanted you there. If I, I could teleport, I would have teleported. <laughs> <laughs> we could have put an air mattress down in our room. It was that big. We could have. <laughs> There you go. I would have slept standing up. That's how like committed I would have been. <laughs> Love it. So do we want to mention real quickly just some of the other like just quickly highlights from other teams this weekend? Yeah. Maybe Amy might not know some of the things. Maybe no, she- tell me what happened the rest of the weekend because I I missed everything. Fill me in. So one of the big things that I have written down is Ohio State beat Kentucky in front of a sellout crowd. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So first day of the season, I think it was their first sell ever. Yeah. And it was a quad meet. Was it Simpson or Greenville? One of the first year programs was there. They didn't show them on the broadcast because again, BTM plus is also garbage. And Ohio State always does this. Even when it's just a dual meet, they only show Ohio State pretty much. So we really didn't get to see, we only watched that for like an hour and a half anyways. Because there was like audio issues. So we were like, this is too much. But from what we did see, Ohio State looked great. Mm-hmm. They had a really great How did Lexi Edwards look? Did she do all around? She didn't do did she beam. She I don't beam. think she did beam. But she did do bars. She got 985. She got a 9925 on vault. Nailed the crap out of it. 
and nice. that she got like a nine seven something on floor not her usual nine nine plus score but she looked great the team looked good tori vetter was on bars she got nine eight five um also oh, did four. i forget what she got on floor but yeah. it's nine eight five she looked solid that's exciting for when they come to uh ann arbor Yes. yes. Well, it's really big for them to beat an SEC team in their season opener Huge. in front of a sellout crowd. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. So Amazing. that was a highlight of the weekend, I would say. Um, oh, I've been exciting for me when they come to Ann Arbor. <laughs> yes. The things that really matter. <laughs> the things that matter is that I get to see this. LIU beat Yale with a one nine four four. That's also their best season opening score. Um, they topped last year's season opening score by nearly four points. So mm-hmm. massive, massive improvement for LIU. Um, Mara, incredible as always. She got nine nine two five on bars. I swear she doesn't ever go below like nine nine two five, like ever. So good. That's why for our five up five count fantasy team i think originally you picked her up and we were mining her and we made a trade with you i think i think it was that like we made trades in a couple leagues we did, I think yeah. it was that one because like did I, not, did I give her up in that league that was really I, I think you did and i was like amy i i in my head i'm like amy this is a bad choice you're gonna be doing this but i'll take it i don't think i'm winning in that league are you no probably not <laughs> no i think we are oh i think i'm winning in our alphabet league the one where we drafted yeah yeah with different letters for every name <laughs> that was my favorite league by the way we're definitely going to, have to do that again next year because i had so, i had that was the most fun i've had doing a fantasy draft that was a fun I draft it was so fun and my v my v that i pulled out of nowhere <laughs> went on vault for Rutgers. valentina shout out oh to really valentina. yeah <laughs> nice period <laughs> but yeah mara came through as always on bars sid morris NCAA debut, incredible meet. Yeah, it was just a really good meet for LIU. And, and to improve by last year by four points is really good. Points. Well, it's nearly four. It oh, was okay. like three. Something. How many seasons have they been around now? I think this is the fourth because the freshmen are now seniors. Okay. So this yeah. is the fourth season, I believe. Um, Alabama, Michigan State. I think you said you started to watch that one. I saw most of that. I still have to finish the fourth rotation, but Michigan State, you guys. I was impressed with how they were able to like keep pace with Bama. And that's not surprising. Like they they are a team of that caliber, but it was just nice to see that. First of all, to watch them on the SEC network Friday Night Heights for them to get that coverage and that attention although I think there was a lot of meets happening at that time so people's attention was probably like divided anyways but I was excited for them to be on SEC network and yeah um, to really be you know contending with Alabama like it was one of those situations where Bama made a slight mistake Michigan State would have went ahead like they were pretty close together that whole meet so and I felt like Michigan State was kind of underscored compared to Bama um, there were some Bama scores, like one that comes to mind is Makari Daga on vault. She did a one and a half, had a pretty significant like step forward and got a nine nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then there was routines for Michigan State that I thought were going to be higher, but weren't. SEC, welcome to college gymnastics. Yeah, not even just SEC. It's just like college gymnastics in general. It's just so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, Sage Kellerman, though, nine nine on vault. So nice. she's gonna be so good, especially on and that. Darmani too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did a debut. Yeah, she did bars and beam. Beam. Yep. 
And then there's this like under the radar freshman named Nikki Smith. You may have heard oh, of her. No, who's she? I never heard of her. <laughs> so her sister's on the team. Nikki, so she didn't do beam, which was maybe a little bit surprising. I'm assuming it was probably just like a nerve thing or maybe a consistency thing. She did do it a couple weeks ago at their exhibition. And I totally expect her to be an all-rounder for Michigan State, but her sister, Naya, was in the beam lineup and Nikki wasn't. So interesting, but I don't think it's going to be something. Her floor like... was so good. That was one of the routines mm-hmm. that I felt like was underscored. I watched it and I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is going to go like. She went like semi-viral. I don't know if you've noticed that, but ESPN tweeted a video and it had, last I looked, it had over a million views, her floor routine. I did see ESPN acknowledging gymnastics this weekend, which I was happy to see. Like, Let's get it out there for some some fans who don't follow. Yeah. Every um, like we do. Go to oh, it's right here. Hold yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's reached uh 1.2 million people. So well, I guess I'm confused because the way Twitter does this now is it tells you how like how many people saw the tweet. So that says 1.2 million. But as far as actual views on the video, so I'm assuming that's people who've clicked on it. It's uh basically 370 thousand, which is still pretty damn good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and huge exposure for MSU. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were, so they're 13th in the nation right now. They actually were hanging up in the top 10 up until Sunday when Kentucky, Denver, and Ohio, Ohio State, State went and they surpassed them. But they're going to start to climb. I just know it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I need MSU at Nationals. And as a Michigan yeah. fan, that's like the weirdest thing to say. You guys I know. know. We're but the same way though. Like I, full support. I'm not going to wear any green. I'm not going to say go and then that color but <laughs> I'm a fan of that gymnastics team and I'm a huge fan of Mike Rowe he yeah. is fantastic he's really putting together something special there yes. and if any of your listeners are planning to come to the meet in East Lansing on January 22nd DM me because we're gonna try to get a group together um I Didn't Mike Rowe have- tell us that we'd be VIP was that on he messaged us on Twitter or something or was it you? I forgot. It was one of us. He he basically said that we could be VIP at all the meets this season. All the meets. No, I just I just DM'd him. I DM'd him um to congratulate him on the the meet at Alabama and told him that we were bringing a group and he said to give him a, a list of names for the past list. So if anybody's coming, DM me. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't know. actually joking about VIP. I don't know what that means, VIP, or I don't know what that means. But, I don't know either. Whatever it means, that. we want a big group of people there. Um to cheer on both teams so yes yes let's go unite (laughs) let's go yeah I was like we're coming and we're gonna be loud so don't make a liar out of me we need a group there cheering so I think one of the highlights of the night was obviously as expected Utah and Beam they're technically not the number one number one ranked team on Beam because we have Oklahoma, Denver, and Mizzou with a 49-525, which Denver and Mizzou is surprising to me, which we can get to that. We can talk about them in a second, but just Utah was like the number one beam team all season. And I still think they're widely thought of as the number one beam team. And we saw 
for good reason why at this meet they were phenomenal oh yeah uh, but technically as of right now they are the number two team at least that's how it stands currently and it was so nice to see abby brenner in her utah debut um justin vault and bars she told us that she is going to do floor at some point this season we don't know when she hasn't done it yet but yeah. when she didn't do it at the red rock preview we messaged her and we were like um i'm like who do i need to fight excuse me like why are you not doing floor and she said i am gonna be doing floor calm down she didn't actually say calm down but <laughs> that's basically yeah it's, <laughs> the sentiment was calm down i'm going to be doing floor so yeah, excited to see her her vault was so good she pretty much stuck have it. you seen it yet amy have you seen it i haven't seen a single i tried to watch this on the plane on the way back because the wi-fi was really good going out and it was not coming back so it okay. kept freezing and well, watch Abby. I didn't want to throw a temper tantrum on the plane, so I had to turn it off. <laughs> well, watch Abby's vault and let us know what you think. I feel like it's okay. better looking than it did. It, it looks better now than it did at Michigan. Like her form in the air is better. I think her so. landing is good. Her landing has always been good, but the vault just looked cleaner. Didn't score as high as I thought it would. I think it was a nine eight seven five, which is still a good score, like no doubt. But I was expecting at least a nine nine for that, and so a nine eight seven came up, and I was like, oh, interesting, because it it was cleaner, yeah, um, in the air than what we typically. I see. haven't seen any scores from that meet. Were they were they accurate or were they low? Um, so that was actually a point of discussion on Twitter. Um, I think LSU scores could have been a little bit higher. The judges, obviously, it's home meet for Utah. So I think the judges mm-hmm. were kind of favoring Utah a little bit. It wasn't like super egregious or anything. Like there wasn't anything that was like super obvious, like underscored or anything. But I think, you know, if you're apples to apples if you're trying to compare the teams i feel like they probably could have scored lsu a little bit higher if they were being fair but utah was the better team in my opinion like even if you did raise some of lsu's scores i still think that utah was the better looking team Mm -hmm. um Aaliyah finnegan looked really good obviously we saw her do all around at what's lsu's inner squad called I wanted to say meet the tigers but it's not meet the tigers whatever oh jim like lsu 101 or something yeah yeah yeah. um Um, i this this was my like number one prediction for the season is that Aaliyah is going to have her absolute breakout season and establish herself as a star. It's yeah. already happening. She got yeah. do you want do you want to know scores or do you? I yeah, sure. You. She got a nine nine five. Well, actually, let me pull it up so I don't have to like remember from. Oh, what? How do I? That's it. That's the all around. Well, I know, but I want to see her breakdown. Well, she well, won she, the all around. She won the all around. Oh, uh, nice. A nine nine five on floor, career high. Beam. She got a nine nine. Bars, she got a 9.75, uh, but it was still a good routine. And then mm-hmm. vault, she had a really nice vault. She got a 9.85, which I actually felt could have been a little bit higher. I, w- I would have been okay with a 9.9 for that vault. I'm uh, interested to see her scores at home. Yes. I think, uh, oh. I don't know. Like she was, when I was, when I was drafting for fantasy, I had her like with an asterisk, like draft way higher than, you know, last year would indicate. Yeah, yes. picked her up a few times. Like I think, yeah, I'm really anticipating big things from her this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's going to be a breakout year for her. Um, KJ Johnson did beam. Like, what? Yeah, I know. Plot <laughs> twist. She was in the beam lineup. She got a. How did it look? I don't remember. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like me. Well, she, I, I said, I told you before we started recording, I was having anxiety the, the whole weekend. So I think that was when, like, my anxiety was starting to build. So I, like, blacked out during her routine. She got a 9725. So it must have been, okay. like, it was a, it was an okay routine. Bryce Wilson was also in the beam lineup. Was Kai? Yeah, she was the leadoff, 9-7. Okay. 
So a little bit shaky on Beam. Um, Bryce Wilson was one of the scores that people thought should have been higher. She got a 9.775. Solid routine. Uh, I would have okay. gone higher for it. What else did Bryce do? Just Beam. Just Beam. Yeah. yeah. Although I heard that she's going to be doing the Yurchenko double and in the vault lineup at the Oklahoma meet. I forgot where I heard that from. Okay. Uh, I think it was some, in the press. Someone, someone that had talked to her said that she said that. So. Okay. She's coming for you, Kaya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but- speaking of vault, can we just have a little sidebar here? Um, I was expecting, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Senge? Oh, Chengay. Nebraska? Chengay. How do you pronounce yeah. it? Chengay. Well, Emma Spence, when she was on our show. That's not what I said. That's how Emma Spence said it. It's Chengay. Backsay. Chengay. Yeah. So um, isn't she supposed to be like a phenomenal vaulter? Yeah. She wasn't in the lineup. She was at uh, the 20 whatever world championships. 2021. 2021 world championships and the vault event final. She has a one and a half. I think it's maybe form issues, which in college they look overlook anyways. So right? make this it work. Is, Come on. Like Nebraska, like. Well, and Emma Spence doesn't have the cleanest one and a half either. <laughs> I, I hate talking about people negatively if we had them on the podcast. Oh, are we off the record again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fair. It's a fair observation. Right. She has to have the cleanest form. Yeah. Uh, she's in the, the lineup. So it was interesting that the possible rationale for why Chengay wasn't was because of her execution. Well, she was on bars and beam. So I, I guess events I wouldn't necessarily like. My fantasy team that. wants to know. Like I expected yeah. her to be on vault. You you messaged us about her specifically. You were like, I need a vaulter. And we were like, go with Chengay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. So she you're out of the will again if she doesn't make yeah. it in there was a couple <laughs> lines this weekend because I'm pretty sure I also told you Sage Thompson on vault and she didn't vault. She didn't vault. I put her in. But Jillian Hawk doesn't matter. There. To be fair, Sage has a one and a half and it was looking pretty good from what I'd seen in like preseason videos. So Jillian Hoffman only did a full. So I would imagine at some point Sage hey, Thompson. No, she was the right point. decision in that anyway in that picture. It's just funny like this weekend finally seeing all the lineups thinking about all the places where like either for yourself or your fantasy team you made the wrong choice or like the times we advised you on somebody then they didn't compete or something I'm like shit. It's like this every year though it's just yeah, yeah. mad speculation about what lineups are going to be and who to put up. Next week will be better. Much better I hope. <laughs> um, it will be better. That was that was really everything I think from LSU Utah. Unless you have anything, no, nothing I, else happened. There. Grace McCallum fell on vault, her one and a half. Jaden Rucker fell on oh, four, did. really unexpected. Like Jaden Rucker was one of those people that I feel like never went below nine nine, and then she falls. Of course, first meet of the season on the new scale, the Arabian Double Front, she fell. Ooh. So yeah, but super uncharacteristic. And there were some fans there to see Levy Dunn. Um, I, I guess fans. some fans showed up. <laughs> um looking at pictures there was like they had like a cutout of her from the espies it was a picture of her from the espies and it was cut out yeah and they had a pretty big crowd so i don't know where those people came from i don't even know how they got tickets so that many people all got tickets at utah right isn't that like a yeah, hard yeah. meet to get into yeah it's a hard meet to get into so i don't know how they managed that but they did and then we're standing outside ready to harass <laughs> So, Somebody said in in one of the comment sections that that was all the boys at their high school could talk about that week was like Livy coming to town and they were gonna go see her and whether that means like they actually got it together to get tickets or were just the 
rabid testosterone laced idiots outside. I don't know, but, um, as the mother of a teenage boy, I can tell you that somebody's head would have been knocked around if I saw him behaving like that and not just being a fan. Like you can be a fan. You can think somebody's pretty, you can admire them and, and want to see them. Like we do that with, you know, with celebrities all the time, Yeah. but being disrespectful to the other athletes, being obnoxious, it's, it's just really about respect. Like, don't yeah. act like that. Yeah. You look like an idiot. You're making yourself look bad. Well, and- I, I had heard somewhere at some point that she did go over and take some like selfies with them in the arena before she left. So it sounds like she did give them some acknowledgement, some attention. And then they all went out back afterwards anyways and just screamed at every single person that came out saying shit like you're not Libby or where's Libby you're not Libby but you'll do they said that to Jillian Hoffman that's just yeah I mean oh my gosh the whole like boys will be boys argument infuriates me especially as a boy mom Mm -hmm. like yeah boys will be boys because nobody tells them to cut that shit out right and that is a culture issue that needs to be addressed and Libby has every right to have her social media and do her thing and not be harassed and her teammates and the athletes that are on the other team don't deserve any level of harassment whatsoever yeah because she's there it's just I just think it's ridiculous behavior it's got to be anxiety inducing for everybody there like all her teammates um just knowing that they have to like walk out past all those people god knows what they're going to be saying you know? right well that's the thing like they can if they're there for levy and that's fine but like leave the other people alone yeah don't subject yeah. people to your your crazy bullshit unwarranted like they didn't ask for this they didn't ask for you to like talk to them and make comments the disrespect yeah act like they're less than not levy done and also something else i want to say just real quick while we're on the snow some people, not people in the gymnastics community, but just, like, people online, act like Libby Dunn has this really, like, provocative social media, but when I, like, I literally went and looked at her social media last night, and, like, sure, there's some stuff that maybe is more provocative in nature than some of her, than, than other people would do, but I feel like it's not anything that it's not anything abnormal for what somebody her age would be posting. I would be posting those things if I looked like Libby Dunn. Right. If I look like her, I would. I don't see it as any different than any other teenage girl who has taken the time to get put together and feels cute and post a picture on their social media. The difference here is that she has gotten noticed Mm -hmm. and now is getting judged for it. And I call bullshit. Like, you know, if you're as conventionally beautiful as Livy Dunn, or not, if you feel cute and want to post a photo, you should be able to do that without it causing a bunch of hetero idiots to <laughs> act like fools. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I just hope their mamas were watching. That's all I hope. She shouldn't have to change anything that she's doing. That's for sure. No. Uh-huh. She's not doing anything wrong. No. If anything, the schools need to be more on top of it now knowing what happened at this Utah me they have a setup where the athletes don't have to walk out and you know be subjected to these 
guys outside the area. I saw something that like LSU had to move where their bus was located or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, I would imagine that in sports that get more media attention, that this is a common thing. Like the, the massively huge football and baseball stars, football stars at a college level, you know, like the, the big breakout ones that are going to be big deals in the NFL or whatever. Like this is something that this is something that these big schools know how to deal with. They're just not used to dealing with it from a female athlete and it, they, they're going to have to figure it out really fast. I would think there's been some level of that with the Olympians coming, but this is the first time that they've had like an, an influencer star. Yeah. Somebody with a primarily teenage young adult male fan base. A lot of these yeah. athletes like SUNY, she has a lot of young gymnasts young fans uh, right it's a different demographic it is yes and it's a totally different vibe to the interaction i would say Mm -hmm. so completely um, they're gonna need to figure that out and deal with it and i will go to bat for livy dunn because she's just living her best life and it's not her fault and i'm glad to see that she acknowledged it too on social media like she put out a tweet saying Hey, I appreciate you guys coming to support, but you also need to be respectful of everybody there because we're all just here doing our job. Um, So it was nice for her to actually like say something and acknowledge it in an attempt to try and get these people to like calm down in the ways that they're interacting with other gymnasts um, and people involved with the team. So I appreciated that. (laughs) So Florida, um, Trinity got a 10 on beam. I'm sure you saw, maybe. I did. I don't think I saw a 10. I did not either. I saw like a 995. I saw a a really nice routine. It was a great routine. She does a Mm -hmm. front toss, kind of like, I guess like a laid out front toss. that She did have like the slightest check on. That's a new skill for her, I think. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a 10, but it wasn't really a 10. This is I mean, we all talk about this, right? The athletes don't want to be given tens that aren't tens. Right. They don't want that any more than we want to see it as fans. Yeah. They want to talk about it. A ten should be a really big deal and it should be deserved. Yes. We also had Kayla DiCello in the all around. She did vault. Exciting. I was not expecting. Um, only a full. She's expecting to have a one and a half later in the season, but she was the all around champ at this competition because Trinity did not do four. So uh, Trinity wasn't a factor for the all around, but yeah, Kayla did really good. Um, we saw Morgan on bars, bars and beam. beam bars. She had a really scary fall. She like peeled off the bottom of the bar and landed on her back. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yikes. And yeah. Beam was really wobbly too. Um, she didn't actually on bars. She didn't, I don't think she finished her routine. She didn't. She was struggling a little bit. And then when she came off that she just saluted and that was the end of it. Um, and I didn't know if they were going to pull her from beam or not. They ended up letting her go and she hit the routine. She didn't have any falls, but it was a little bit of a shaky routine. So definitely not the start. Morgan yeah. Hurt. So what do you make of that? She hasn't competed in a long time. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I, I think it's just nerves. Yeah. She's looked really great in all the preseason training stuff that we've seen. Um, so I think she'll be fine. I think it was just like competition jitters yeah and not competing in a really long time Um, hopefully they give her a chance still in the lineup next week i hope they don't just like take her out because she you know had a mistake Mm -hmm. so but she's good uh really good she stuck her vault let me pull up the scores how many um did she do vault and four yes Yes. and then she exhibitioned beam okay 
So Florida as a team has the second highest score in the nation. It's a one nine seven seven five zero, and of course now it's frozen. Hello, hold on one second. A nine nine on ball for yeah. Rachel, and then Florida oh, nine nine two five. Yes. Yeah, nine nine two five on floor won the event. So, and I think oh, also I might be making this up. I want to say she got a nine nine two five on beam in the exhibition spot. I kind of feel like I remember that, or maybe it was a nine nine. But she she did good on beam, so I can see her getting into that lineup. I I'm very invested in the Georgia transfers. How did uh, Victoria Lynn do? She was she good. Good. She well, she got a nine nine on even bars and a nine nine on floor. Yeah. Okay. So beam is another event that I I kind of expected her to be in the beam lineup. Honestly, um, there's so many options. But they, they had some different like they oh, had the depth is insane. Yeah, they had Peyton Richards in the beam lineup, which I would never have guessed. Lori Brubach was on floor. So, yeah, <laughs> Brie Edwards was on vault. So they had, like, several people that, like, you would not normally expect to see in that lineup. And I think by the end of the season, they won't be in the lineup. Yeah. Um, but they're just definitely playing around with some of their depth options, which I think at this point is a smart thing. Lena Clapper wasn't on beam. That was a big question mark for us. because she was My so fantasy bad. team noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, was so consistent last year. Not, not just last year. Her whole I've had her for years. years. Yeah. yeah. She's been really great on beam. So I thought she may have been a lock just for her consistency. But first meet of the season, she wasn't in. They had um, Ellie Lazari back in. She got a nine. Oh. So good that for her. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like it would be really both exciting and difficult to be on a team like that if you're not a Trinity. Yeah. You know, like fighting for your position in the lineup all the time when you know that you could be a superstar at so many other places. Like pretty much anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Star of the team. Yeah. But I mean, they've got a little army belt at Florida. And I would say behind Oklahoma, I. Absolutely. I mean, as the rankings show, the second best team in the country, I would say. Okay. Uh, and don't have anything to meet. Like going in, I think we knew that that was going to be yeah, the case. Yes, they 100% have the potential of the challenge. Um, whoever the top team ends up being, um, and even being that top team themselves, I think for sure. The only other team that I think we didn't, we kind of, I think we briefly mentioned, there was um, Denver and Mizzou. They're actually tied on beam with Oklahoma um so as the number number one beam team with a 49525. We watched Mizzou and we texted you, but we'll say it here for the podcast as well. Amari Salasine did not travel with the team. Um we had some suspicion that maybe she was injured because she only did bars at their exhibition, but like the couple days before they left for the meet she was doing a one and a half on their story and she did floor so she was like fine she was fine and then she didn't travel with the team maybe she's just sick or something and that's what i'm hoping for like maybe she wasn't feeling well fingers crossed for that 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 would be a big loss for missouri if they lose amari celestine so it definitely would be um missouri they're currently 14th with a 196-425 um and then Denver's ninth. Denver's ninth, which I'm kind of surprised by. Um well that's we get to see them on Friday. I'm so excited. I know. Yeah, Lindsay Brown. They're always behind a paywall. I feel like I never get to see what they do. Yeah, they're yep, same. I like hardly ever watch them. Lindsay Brown did bars and bars beam. and beam. Okay, that's what I anticipated. I think she got a nine nine on beam, which is like I feel like pretty good. Normally she yeah. doesn't score like super high. Let's confirm it for the people. And then, what else? Jessica Hutchinson stuck her one and a half. 
Um, Lindsay Brown got 9.825 on bars and 9.9 on beam. So, yeah. Okay. Um, other notable scores, Bella Mabanta got a 9.9 on floor. And that was her career high for her. Yeah. Jessica Hutchinson. Very good. Yeah, Jessica Hutchinson got 9.9 on floor, 9.95 on beam, 9.85 on vault. That was definitely underscored, in my opinion, because she stuck it. Um, and then she fell, it looks like, on bars. But, yeah, um, they have three all-arounders, Alex Ruiz, um, Riley Mundell, and, and Jessica Hutchinson. So, a very talented team with a lot of potential. And Lindsay, when she's back. Yeah. Like, I think Lindsay's going to do all-around eventually, right? Um. So, my gut feeling is no. With really? the amount of injuries she's had. I would feel like probably not. I think they're a strong team without her, honestly. I obviously they I just feel like she would want to be back in the all around. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think they would want her because she would boost their score. Like, why would you not? But like you said, Ash, I feel like with the, the number of injuries that she's had, yeah. I would like to no, see her. You definitely get- need to, to be careful with her. She's fragile, but she's so good. So we'll see. Um, my gut is telling me no, but I have no insight. That's just my like gut feeling. Yeah, just vibes. What about uh, Momo? Did she do beam? Yeah, uh, nine nine two five. Nice. And then she got a nine eight two five on floor. Okay. So looking good. Cool. That was pretty much all the notable scores there. Any other meets that you want to know about, or anything else that you can think of, Ashley, that we did not touch on? We have road to nationals. I oh, to- Nora. I guess Nora for Arkansas. Yeah. Um, oh, we didn't talk about Arkansas. Yeah. Nora did everything but floor. Okay. And she, hold on, because I don't, I can't off the top of my head. Who were they? They were, were they Nebraska. They were in Nebraska. Okay. Yep. So Arkansas got a 196.225. Nebraska got a 195. Um, Arkansas's best event was floor. Um, and like I said, Nora didn't do floor. So Nora, she got a nine eight five on vault, a nine nine on bars, and a nine eight on beam. So definitely think that she is gonna do huge things for Arkansas when she gets back in the all around. Um, even without being in the all around, I mean those scores are definitely a boost to Arkansas. She's gonna get better scores at SEC meets too. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So really excited to, um, I guess, see how she continues to develop. I guess also Frankie Price um, made her debut officially 9875 on floor. And she also did vaults. She got a 9875. But... Frankie was one of my little fantasy secrets. Yeah. I, her, I think three times. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't really know what to expect from her. But she has a really fun floor routine. Good. Yeah, I, I think she's... I'm excited to go back and watch... Um what's available to be watched. That does it for this week's episode and week one of College Gymnastics. Of course, we have to say thank you to Amy for coming on despite being jet lagged from her trip home. We legit spent like three hours recording this podcast. And And then also stayed on for like (laughs) three more hours after the fact and kept talking. (laughs) Yeah. So we were somehow able to get this to be under two hours or at least around the two hour mark, which was a miracle. So Amy, we appreciate your time and we love you. We also want to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Amy M, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, DFP, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, 
and Jasmine C. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so, so much. Next week, we should be back with another episode. We're not 100% sure yet based on our schedule. We're actually going to be down on the floor at the Michigan Fisk Denver meet on Friday, getting video for the Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel. So we're probably going to miss a ton of meets on that day and we'll have to catch up on it. So not 100% sure what we're going to be able to do in time for Monday's episode. But at the very least, we hope you all enjoy week two of College Gymnastics. And we know we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.